everybody. Good. Well, hey, everybody. Uh, if you're in Dover, would you, uh, we want to put our hands together and welcome everybody. We've got uh, Plymouth, we're gathering together with them. Milton, we're gathering together with them. And then everybody online joining in together for the service. Put your hands together. Let them know we're alive. So glad that we get to um, be and study God's word together right now. Uh, if you haven't yet signed up for the Fisher Cats game, I would recommend you do that. Do it while the parks are still limiting capacity. Went to Michelle and I went to uh, uh, Fenway with some friends here on Friday night, and it was amazing. There was no one, in the, no one next to you, no one in the seat in front of you, no one. You didn't have to keep getting up and letting people go by. No one threw like uh, pretzels with mustard in my hair. It was amazing. It was so good. So if you can get to a baseball park, do, I mean, you got to do it now before they before they cram everybody back in again. And uh, it was awesome. So we're looking forward to hanging out with everybody there, and that's going to be a fun time. Also, just want to shout out real quickly. Um, Pastor Stephen, who preached here last week, him and his wife celebrated their graduation from Bible College yesterday. And uh, Stephen, you guys may not know this, he's brilliant, and um, he graduated as valedictorian from his class. And so, Stephen, we're proud of you. Rinku, we're proud of you. And uh, yeah, amazing. It's a good times. Good times. Well, this week, we are continuing our series called Beyond Blessed, and you, you've seen this hashtag, probably hashtag blessed, and people kind of write it about really kind of ridiculous and inconsequential things, but the blessings of God are much greater than that. It's much greater than you uh, getting a new car loan. The, the blessings of God are much greater than you finding a bunch of garbage bags to put gasoline in. The blessings of, garb- uh, of, of God are much greater than the, way we, than the way we present it or the way maybe we understand it. So that's what we've been looking at in this series. And this week, the band released another uh, worship video. It was from one of our Sunday services here in Dover, and it was a song that we sang this morning called Gratitude, and that's what we are talking about today, gratitude, being grateful. In this series, Beyond Blessed, we, we are, we're talking about money and um, and not telling you necessarily what to do with your money, but just telling you that there's a way that God teaches us on how to handle money. And in this week, one of the, if you think about your life, maybe current financial problems that you're experiencing, and uh, maybe some from the past, these can stem from and come out of ingratitude. So what's the root cause for some of us for our money problems is not that we're money hungry or you, you know we're, we're Scrooge McDuck or Mr. Burns, like we just need more and more money, but it's because we're ungrateful for what we currently have. And even beyond that, that there can be and there could be sin in your life, this habitual reoccurring sin in your life that has developed from a heart of ingratitude. It's a big deal what we're talking about. If you've got your Bibles, open up to Romans chapter one. 
If you don't have a Bible, go ahead. You can Google it or open it up on the Bible app. You download the Bible app from the App Store. Follow along with us. The reason why we like you to do this is because while we're speaking, while I'm speaking, God could speak to you through his word. And so it gives you a chance to highlight it, to pay attention to it, to mark it down so you can look at it later. And um, so participate in these moments with us. And the author of Romans, we're going to read what he wrote here, begin to capture and begin to listen to this heart of ingratitude, this ungratefulness and what it began to do. It says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God or even give him thanks. They begin to think up foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. Claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping the glorious, ever-living God, they worshiped idols made to look like they were mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things their hearts desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth about God for a lie. So they worshiped and served the things God created instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise. Amen. Paul is talking to a group of people here who really simply began being ungrateful to God for, for begin, they were ungrateful to him and they refused to recognize the things that he was doing in their life and the things that they had done in his life. When you think about God, you're not thinking about his goodness. Maybe you're thinking about the prayer he didn't answer. When you're thinking about God, you're not thinking about the things he's done for you. You're thinking about the things he hasn't done for you. When you're thinking about God, you're not thinking about the things he's done for you. You're thinking about the things he's done for other people and wondering why he didn't do those things for you. And this simple heart of ungratefulness, of ingratitude, then Paul points out, cause them to go further away from God than they probably ever even thought they could. In this scripture, this ingratitude shows us, we see a few things that it does here. So in verse number 21, um, the, you know, where it says um, they wouldn't give God thanks. They wouldn't say thank you. Well, we begin to see the first thing that happened is that ingratitude polluted their heart. So we read in the New Living Translation that said their minds became dark and confused. Translation of your Bible might read their hearts became darkened. And they had this moment that instead of saying thank you to God, they become ungrateful for the things they received. And then that began to trickle further into their heart. That their darkness enveloped their heart. And it was about a much more than just forgetting to say thank you, but it began to pollute them. And that pollution, that ingratitude, as it began to overwhelm and overtake their hearts and their minds, it then led us into this next thing where ingratitude polluted their worship. We see it in verse number 23. We see it again in verse number 25. But they, you know, they were... People who, who knew of God, people who had heard about God, maybe even people who intellectually believed in God, 
But now they, were, they had become people who, 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 who wouldn't worship God. And it's an interesting thing here because they believe in God. They have an intellectual understanding of God. So it's not like they, they don't believe in him, but yet they worshiped other things. They were worshiping creative thing, created things instead of worshiping the creator. And listen, we can all do this. If, ingratit- if ingratitude is something that is developed in you, what you begin to do is begin to get mad at God for the things you don't have. And you begin to desire not a relationship with God, but you begin to desire these other things. And for every one of us, I mean, it's so many different things. For some people, it's a, a bigger house. For some people, it's a bigger paycheck. For, for some people, it's, you know, it's, a, it's a spouse. For some people, it's um, a different part of the country, a different calling, a different job. Upgraded titanium quilting needles. I mean, it's different for all of us. But instead of being grateful for what we have, we begin to worship the, these things that we don't have or even begin to worship the things we do have. I've worked my whole life for this. This is my baby. And our focus comes off of God, all right? Where we recognize God's creator, God is our God, the things he's given to us, we enjoy and participate in and we're, and we, and we're hashtag blessed by but they do not become the focus of our lives. We're always giving thanks to God for those things. So whether you're a teenager and it's your PS5, or whether you're, um, whether you're elderly and it's your Metamucil, we're thanking God <laughs> for him and not just for the things that he's blessed us with. That one won't appear in second service. (laughs) Last thing here is that ingratitude pollutes your life. So you think that life is gonna get better by pursuing these material things, but they but they but that's not what happens. They it ends up taking over your life. You end up doing things you thought you would never do. You end up participating in things you thought you'd never participate in because you're chasing stuff. And sometimes, I mean, it could be very sinful as was described in this verse, but it could be something maybe that doesn't even look so bad, maybe something that's even celebrated. You just work overtime every weekend and you don't see your wife or kids because you've got to get that overtime because you've got to pay for that boat you can't use because you're working overtime. It just begins and you, you will find yourself, if you, don't, if you don't change, if you don't correct, you'll find yourself in a spot eventually where you, where you regret. I should have done things different. I wish I would have done things differently. 
So let's talk about a couple of symptoms of growing in gratitude. I don't think it, this is one of those things where we don't recognize. You see it in your teenager, but they can't see it in themselves. You, you see it in others, but you can't spot it in yourselves. So let's talk about a few of these. How does this show up? Because ingratitude can show up in our financial life. So what are some of the symptoms of that? Um, how can you tell? So if you're spending more than you make, that can be that can be a sign of that. Because you're not grateful for what you have, you're spending more than you have to try to get those things you don't have. One, one, my youngest kid told me this week, I can't wait till the iPhone 20 comes out. Like, I don't know. I think he must have calculated how old he'll be when he can finally get one. Uh, But, uh, you know, it's always, I want something more. Skip 12 through 19, I want 20. And, uh, but what's the solution for this, all right? So if you're spending more than you make, you begin to realize it's the heart of ingratitude. It's a growing ingratitude that's making you do this. What do you begin to do? It's not a complicated solution, but it's not a fun one. It's, you just budget you just make sure you spend either only the pennies you have or even you spend a little bit less than you have. Proverbs 21.20, this is a scripture that most people are familiar with from Dave Ramsey, but it's scripture. Solomon wrote it before Dave Ramsey quoted it. It's Proverbs 21.20. says, the, the wise and wealth have luxury, but, spool, uh, but fools spend whatever they get. So it's a little bit of planning here. A little bit of planning, a little bit of diligence here. Some tools for you that you may not know about if you've never tried to do this. Dave Ramsey has an app called Every Dollar that you can use for free or you can buy. There's another program called You Need a Budget that you can use. There's another program called Mint that you can use. Um, Use something. Begin to plan ahead. Begin to be... Begin to steward well what you have. And instead of being ungrateful at the end of the month that you don't have enough money to pay your bills, you'll become grateful that you were able to pay your bills. It gives you an opportunity to praise the Lord. Another symptom of a growing ingratitude, comparing and complaining. What someone else has, you wish you had. And you begin comparing what you have to what they have. And you begin to complain about what you have. Solution. Say thank you. Say thank you. We, when we've realized what's in our hands, what God's blessed us with, we don't say that's it, God but they got, but you gave them, but it's not fair. We, we say thank you. I heard, I heard this in a a sermon that I listened to in the last couple of months. And we could question ourselves, God, why does that, why does that evil neighbor Why do they make more than me? Why do they have nicer things than me? God, why does it seem like you're blessing evil people and you're blessing bad people? It seems like maybe I should be evil and bad because then I would have more blessings. And I would just encourage you to play those games, but I would tell you this, God loves them just as much as he loves you. 
And so God can choose to bless them at a different level than, he, than it seems like he blesses you. I mean, he's allowed to do it. He loves them too, as much as he loves you, as much as he loves me. So don't begin comparing, but God, you did this. God, it seems like you're playing favorites. Just say thank you for what God's given you. Scripture here, Philippians 4, 7, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So in any situation you're in, pray about it, petition God for it, but also think, say thank you to God, no matter what situation you're in. And then it says, and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So praying with thanksgiving guards our hearts from being darkened like the author of Romans wrote about. It guards our heart saying thank you. Third thing here, consuming but not contributing. So it's just, it's just all about you. You're not thinking about anybody else with it, which is one of the things that God's called us to do with the money that he's loaned us. Solution to this is to begin to give. Proverbs 21, 26 says, some people are always greedy for more, but the godly love to give. And here's the thing about gratitude, having a heart of gratitude. It, it, is, an, it is an anti-venom to ingratitude, to greed, to materialism, to selfishness. Just beginning to say thank you for the things that you have begins to kill the roots of ingratitude that try to, that try to grow up in your heart. And then a, a last kind of symptom here of ingratitude that you, you know, that maybe you've been faced with, and this is not true for every situation. We all have our different motivations, but a symptom could be that you're drowning in debt. The solution, get out of debt. <laughs> um, you know, we can get upset with God because we're struggling so much. But, you know, you can be angry that you haven't been able to pay these bills. But one thing that Robert Morris wrote in his book, Beyond Blessed, which we're, which we're using as inspiration for this series, is he said, um, you, you know, he said in his life, he, he, he had a lot of bills and a lot of debt. And he was getting up, upset at God because God... Um, wasn't helping him pay those bills and he just felt like God spoke to him and corrected him, essentially saying this, God never co-signed on those loans. He took them on his own, all right? So it was not God's responsibility to pay for those loans. He never consulted God if he should take those loans. God always pays for and finances what he tells us to do, but he doesn't just bail us out of every mess we put ourselves in. He makes us work for it to get out of it and this is hard work, and anybody who's ever done this knows that this is hard work. Uh, Proverbs 22, seven, the borrower is servant to the lender. This is hard work. We want God to do an instant miracle and to just get us out of debt, but, um, but he makes us put in the work. So I've got a friend, and uh, since January, he, since this past January, he's lost 61 pounds, which is amazing. Um, he... he texted me this week, he's under, uh, he's under 300 pounds for the first time since he could remember. So clocked in at 299 this week. And uh, 
and just was absolutely fired up about it, which is amazing, and, and uh, he should be fired up about it. But you know, one thing he can't do is he can't wake up every morning and say, God, heal me, heal me from this. God, I just wish you'd fix this for me, and then he's gonna wake up one day and all of a sudden be 61 pounds lighter. It's like, oh my word, God, thank you. I can't believe you did this for me. And, um, and there are different things in our life that until we put in the effort, until we're putting in the work, then God comes supernaturally behind us, but he doesn't just bail us out and fix things for us. When we've spent the hard work of, of putting on that weight, putting on that weight of debt, then he's there cheering us on while we go through the hard process of getting ourselves out of that. And um, so listen, here's what we do. Why go through the effort to grow in gratitude? It's not common. Um, It's becoming less common. Why do this? Cicero said this, gratitude is not only the greatest of virtues, but the parent of all the others. And I'll communicate it to you like this. Gratitude is like fertilizer for other things in our life. If you have gratitude for your spouse, guess what happens? Love increases. If you're ungrateful for your spouse and you begin to see the things they're not doing or the things they're doing are wrong or the things you wish they'd do differently, what happens? Love decreases. But when you're grateful for them and you have gratitude for them, love increases. If you have, uh, if you're grateful for the day, joy increases. If you wake up like, all right, here we go again, uh, Monday morning. <laughs> what happens? Joy decreases. But if you wake up like, here we go, joy increases throughout that day. And it doesn't even matter sometimes when you come across someone real nasty on the road or a nasty coworker. Sometimes you see it as an opportunity to minister. Let me teach you sign language. <laughs> um, <laughs> If you're grateful for your kids, this is miraculous right here. Patience increases. And I think we've all been impatient with our kids. Hey, you're on the phone right now. No, I'm just. (laughs) I think we've all been there where we're impatient with our kids, but you know what? When we're grateful for them. I'm grateful to have a three-year-old in my home. I'm grateful to have an opportunity to disciple these teenagers. I'm grateful that you've finally blessed us with a baby and, and that it slept for 30 minutes last night. I'm grateful. <laughs> I'm grateful. And in that gratefulness, your patience increases, right? You, see, you kind of settled into that. We've all been like, you've all been there with the times where we've lost our mind and it seems like the the... The, all of heaven's angels are around us and the kids freaking out and, we, and just there's stillness and calmness in our heart. Hey, you can't act like that. You can't do that. How can I help you? How can I teach you to never do this again? <laughs> if you're grateful for your job, peace increases. If you're grateful for your salvation, self-control increases. Because you're not thinking about what God took from you or the things you're missing out of. 
Because it doesn't matter what the world or your friends or anybody else does, how they live their life and how great it seems to them when you know what God's done for you. Man, it gives you self-control and you don't want to run back into old sins or old lifestyles because, man, you're grateful for what he's done in your heart. Gratitude, it's a big deal. Gratitude is worship. Just saying thank you to God, just having gratefulness in your heart for what God's done, it is an act of worship to him. Psalm 118, 24 This used to be the pumping song when I was in elementary school at church. This is the day that the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. I mean, we should, if somebody got a tambourine, let's bust it out now. Um, We, I mean, this was the song of anything that's going on. Man, God has made this day. I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. It's good stuff. To be grateful is to give God honor. To be grateful is to bless God. And then in response, in response, when we have a grateful heart, God then brings additional blessings to us. Now, we can't manipulate God or trick God, so you can't pretend you're grateful to try to get him to do something for you. But when you're truly grateful and you live in that, You receive more blessings. And I don't even know if you even receive more blessings. You're just aware of more blessings. And you're able to give thanks to God for everything. And it seems like you're wowed various times throughout the day and the week and the month because I can't believe, God, you did this too. I can't believe, God, man, I can't believe how good you are. I can't believe that I read this in scripture. I can't believe that they sang that song at church. I can't believe. And you're just overwhelmed by everything that he's done. Luke chapter 17. I want to read this this scripture to you. This is a true account of, of an interaction that Jesus had. Jesus was on his way to Jerusalem and He was traveling along the border between Samaria and Galilee. As he was going into a village, 10 men who had leprosy met him. They stood at a distance and they called out in a loud voice, Jesus, master, have pity on us. And they were being respectful to him, but they were needing him. When he saw them, he said, go show yourselves to the priests. And as they went, they were cleansed, they were healed. One of them, when he saw he was healed, he saw his, the color return back to his skin. He saw the disease disappear. He came back praising God in a loud voice. He threw himself at Jesus' feet and he thanked him and he was a Samaritan. So, you know, this is, uh, this is a racial, racial tension, not between Jesus, but, you know, the, that guy... The Samaritans hated Jews as much as Jews hated Jesus. And Jesus, of course, didn't hate anybody. But the Samaritan threw himself at Jesus' feet, thanked him. And Jesus asked, were not all the 10 cleansed? Were they not all healed? Where are the other nine? Has no one returned to give praise to your God except this foreigner? Then Jesus said to him, rise and go. Your faith has made you well. He had the blessing of the healing. But this guy who came back to say thanks, he got beyond blessed. 
there's something else that God did in, that, in his life. And for us, as we're grateful, God says, hey, I've got a little bit more for you. I've got, I've got something that you even forgot you prayed for, but I haven't forgotten. I wanna do that for you too. Hey, I just wanna speak to you. I just wanna talk to you as you read your Bible in the morning. It's just because it's a blessing of you hearing my voice. Gratefulness and gratitude. It is a, uh, it's a good thing. I wanna end with the words to a song, a different song that we used to sing in church when I was a kid. I'll put this on the, uh, on the screen for you. This is a song. When I was a kid, we used to sing this in church. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because he's given Jesus Christ his son. You think, Pastor Nate, there's so much terrible things going on in my life tragedy and heartbreak and death and problems and I don't have anything I can thank God for you have everything you can thank God for he gave Jesus his son for us down the cross for us for our forgiveness for our salvation for because he wanted us in relationship with us you've got something you can say thank you for and maybe you don't because you've never given your life to Jesus before, but you can do that now. You think, I don't know if he'd want me. He wants you. I don't know if he'd accept me. He'll accept you. I don't know if he'd forgive me. He'll forgive you. He's gonna. Our part that we play in this is to give him our heart, to say, Jesus, I give my life to you. I ask you to forgive me. I ask you to be my savior, my God. And when you pray that, your sins are forgiven. Your heart is transformed. Your eternity's destination has changed. And you've got something to say thank you for. Thank you, God, for giving Jesus that I could be made right with you. Will you close your eyes? Let me pray for you. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for being God. We thank you for being our Lord. We thank you for salvation. God, we thank you for sending your son, Jesus, to earth, to die on a cross in our place. Thank you for the forgiveness and the salvation and the eternal life that you've given us. We're grateful for everything. We're grateful for the material things we have, clothes, car, food, home, apartment. God, we're thankful for our family and our friendship. God, we're thankful for our church and the time we worship together. God, we thank you for your word, your scripture, which is alive and powerful, which you use to, to penetrate our hearts and you use to transform us and you use to, to talk to us. We, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, who's here active in our service, active in our hearts and our lives, directing us, guiding us, comforting us. Uh, and, and Jesus, we thank you for always praying for us and interceding for us. We love you. We're grateful for you. And we thank you for everything in our life. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand your feet? Let's sing for just a moment and then we'll head out of here.